Good morning, Crossroads. Great to see you all here. And uh, on a, isn't this just a beautiful day? It's getting a little crisp at night. I had to wear a jacket this morning, uh, first time in months. So that's, uh, that's awesome. And uh, whether you're uh, joining us here or online today, we're, we're just glad to be together. And uh, actually, because there were no announcements today, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are still, because I've got to announce, you know, so most of you have seen this before every single Sunday. It's our Connect card. And uh, the intention is for all of us to fill this out every single, uh, every single Sunday. And, and if you're a first, second, third time guest, then I just want to sort of call your attention to it in a special way. Like I say, we all fill these out. And if you would fill one of these out as well and let us know that you are here. Uh, the Connect card is a great way of, uh, of connecting. You can ask per requests on the back. Um, if you give us your email, then we can sign you up for our, our weekly uh, email that tells you what's going on uh, here on Sunday morning. We'll send you our, uh, our uh, electronic bulletin and newsletter. So, and if you're a first-time guest, and if you take this Connect card, fill it out and take it to our uh, guest services kiosk in the cafe... Uh, just run by, get your donut first, and then on your way to the, ke- the, uh, the kiosk. We have a, a special gift for you today, so if you're a first-time guest. So, yeah, fill those out and uh, use that to communicate with us. All right, well, um, you know, what, what if I told you that I had something you could do that would be, give you a 68% likelihood of feeling physically healthier? A 73% chance of lowering your stress level, 77% chance of improving your emotional health, and a 98% chance of making you happier in life in general. And and, and as a kicker, if you do this, it generally increases your self-confidence and your self-esteem. How many of you might be interested in something like that? Yeah, of course, we all would, right? Of course, now you're wondering, what is he going to tell us? Eat spinach. No. Um, <laughs> the truth is that studies show that these are the results when people volunteer to serve others. When we serve others, there are lots of benefits. We often don't even recognize those benefits, but it's how God created us, is to be blessed when we are serving other people. Now, now often people see serving as sort of an obligation or a burden, you know, you know you're supposed to do, but, you know, it's, it, it puts them out. I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, you know, uh, that, let somebody else do it. But the reality is that serving is one of the very best things you can do for yourself in life. That's the funny thing about serving is, in, in fact, somebody said there's something as selfish serving. Um, because when you really serve with the right heart, it actually is beneficial to you. You know, I want to show you a a little video this morning of one of our volunteers, uh, one of our servants here at Crossroads. In fact, you probably all saw her as you came in. So why don't you listen to Peggy Sue? Hi, I'm Peggy Sue, and I am in the greeters ministry. I greet you in the mornings when you come in, and I say, good morning, happy to see you, come on in. But I didn't start out that way. I started in the cafe. And um, that's where I got to see the familiar faces. And I say, want a donut? Have some coffee. Come on in. And good morning. 
And then I was called to the kids ministry. And I'd wear my t-shirt and I'd be up there with the little ones. And there was just more that God had for me. So I signed that little connect card again and I said, I wanna be a volunteer and I went into greeting. And that's where the best. I truly am so happy to see you. I am a little shy and I don't really get out. And this has been so wonderful for me to meet people, to, to find you, to connect to you, to, to know your name and to see you every Sunday. It's coming here and having friends to greet, that's the best. So it's been a, a, a huge um, confidence builder. And if, if you can build a connection with, with others, then you're building your relationship with God. So that just fills your heart. Um, if you have the time and you have the heart to give to others, um, then I, I, I recommend this. <laughs> okay, I, want to, I just want to take a moment. How many of you believe that Peggy Sue is shy? No, just... <laughs> But isn't that, that's the awesome thing is that by serving, it sort of brought her a little bit out of her shell. It gave, gave her greater confidence. It was a, just a blessing to her. But what we would say is she's a blessing to all of us, right? I mean, every Sunday coming in and having this bright, wonderful, smiling face, say, glad you're here. But that, that's the way serving is meant to be. It's meant to be a, a blessing both ways. You know... Obviously, the Bible says we need to serve. In fact, it says we were created to serve. Um, and, and sometimes when we look at what God tells us to do, often it's like, ah, I'm not sure I want to do that. Um, we, sometimes we think that what God tells us, these are just hoops that God has for us to jump through. And, and the truth is that God is our loving Father. And whenever he tells us to do something, whenever he gives us a command or something, you know, this is good for you, we can trust him. He tells us things that are actually the very best for us, even when we don't yet fully understand why it's best for us. God loves you and me, and when he gives us something to do, it's because he knows it's best for us. Of course, the problem is the world around us has messed all sorts of things up, right? And and so in this world, it's about more getting ahead. I mean, look at most of the leaders around us. They they generally tend to be self-serving, right? Um, and so we don't see a lot of good examples of true service and a heart of a servant around us. And that's because the world turned upside down God's plan and the way God created us. But the good thing is that Jesus came to turn the world right side up again so that we could know and understand what, what really is life about and, and blessing and happiness and fulfillment. And, and so our first point today is simply this. The upside-down kingdom of Jesus. The upside-down kingdom of Jesus. Because the way Jesus does stuff is upside-down from the way that the world works. And, and, uh, and probably the best example of that comes to us from Mark chapter 10. And this is such an important verse for us to understand uh, on multiple levels. This is Jesus teaching his disciples about what it means to follow him. And also who he is, which we sort of need to understand if we're going to follow him, right? Who, Who is this guy we're following? So starting at Mark 10, verse 43, it says this. But among you, it will be different. And what he says is different from the world around, different from everything you've ever learned. 
you're going to live differently. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, which is Jesus' sort of third-person way of speaking about himself, even the Son of Man, the Messiah, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you might have heard this verse before, but this is one of those verses that Jesus wants to get down into the deepest part of our heart. Jesus wants this to go into, into the part of us that forms our, our basic identity of who we are. Right? Jesus says, I, God incarnate, came to the world not to be served. You know, most of the time we think we, we need to serve God, right? Well, guess what the Bible says? The, the Bible says that our service doesn't mean much to God. He has everything he needs. He came to serve us out of his love and his grace. And so if we're going to follow him, he says, I want you to be the same way. Don't look for how to get ahead, how to get above others, how to lord it over them, how to, how to control things. But I want you to love and serve not just your good friends, but who does he say? Whoever wants to be first and greatest among you must be the slave of everyone else. How many of you, has that been your aspiration your whole life, is to be a slave to everybody else? No one, right? This is not natural. What Jesus is asking is not natural to us. Naturally, we want to get ahead. We want to be a little bit better off than other people. Nobody wants to be average. Who is it? Garrison Keillor said where all the children were above average, right? Which is statistically impossible. But we all want that anyway. But he's the God who serves, who serves everyone. You know, not only is it not natural, when we serve, how do we want to serve? I want to serve when, where, how, and who I want to and when it's convenient, right? That's how we generally think of serving. We choose, we pick. And I'll I'll do it every now and then. In fact, we might look at it this way. We, We act like servants sometimes rather than actually Becoming servants like Jesus was. To actually become a servant like Jesus, to have that heart, means doing something that feels a bit unnatural often. And, and, which means we need to be trained in that. When something doesn't feel natural, we need to, to train ourselves for it to become more natural. And that's what actually the Bible says. Paul says to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.8, he says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. And it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Training in godliness, much better. You know, training to be more like God. To to have his heart, his character, his values. Right? In, In fact, we often hear in the Bible that we're to be more like Christ. In fact, that's sort of our purpose in life is to to become more like Christ throughout our lives. I mean, in this life, we're never going to be perfect, but that's our goal. That's what we move toward. But that takes practice. It, It takes living, choosing to live on a regular basis differently than the world says is the best way and the right way. It goes often against our own, our own internal drives as well. 
to serve other people consistently, not just occasionally when we're inspired. In fact, you know, you know the, the, the month of the year where the vast majority of people volunteer? December. Christmas time, everybody feels like very generous at Christmas time. Uh, and, and so I remember years ago, it's like I, I wouldn't volunteer at Christmas. I'd wait until January. Because everybody goes in December, and then what happens in January? Everybody stops volunteering. I did my duty for the year, right? And so January, places are hurting for people to volunteer and to help. But the point is we need to be training year-round to be a servant. If you're a musician, you're training all the time. In fact, if you ever took piano lessons, how many times did you do the scales? In fact, you still do the scales if you're a good musician to warm up your fingers, right? If you're an athlete, you train all the time. You know, t- today, in fact, in, in just a little bit, first football games are going to start. I'll, I, I can guarantee you that they didn't just lounge all week and decide we're going to go out and play a game today. They practiced. They went through drills, doing the same drill over and over again so they get it right. It's true of any sport or, 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 or most skills in general. You, you practice to get better. And so, when we think about serving, if I want to build a meaningful life, then I need to develop a habit of serving. I need to train my life to serve. Not occasionally, but it needs to be a habit within me. Because a habit where I don't choose sort of when, where, how, and and whenever it's convenient, that's what changes my heart. If I stay self-centered... Serving does not change my heart. When I make it a habit, a discipline, that's when God can use it to change me. That's when he can use it to make my life truly fulfilled and happy and healthy. You know, Jesus, um, interestingly, when said in Matthew, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Remember that? Now, normally we think that's all about resting, right? <sighs> Just get to relax in God. But, but he says, take my yoke upon you. Why would you wear a yoke? You remember why you wear a yoke? I mean, people don't wear yokes, actually. It's a metaphor. Um, but oxen wear yokes, but they don't wear yokes when they're resting. What are they, when do they wear yokes? When they're working hard. Jesus says, when you're serving alongside of me, that's when you will find rest for your soul. That's a bizarre thing to say, isn't it? Or it seems bizarre. But Jesus says, when you're actually serving, when you're serving alongside of me, that's when you will find rest. That's when you will find peace. Not when you're doing it on your own. And notice Jesus' description of himself. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And that leads us to our second point about, about serving. Point number two is, is all about the secret of humility. The secret of humility. Humility, unfortunately, is not a, a, a trait that is highly prized in our culture. Um, we, we, we don't see it a lot. In fact, when we do see somebody who is really humble... We notice, don't we? Because it's unusual. We notice it. It's generally attractive. When you meet somebody who's humble, 
It's attractive. It's motivating. It's inspiring. And, and, and if you tr- have ever thought, I want to try to be humble, does that work? No. Humility is not something that you decide, I'm going after this. I'm going to be the most humble person ever. Right? That, that does not work. Humility is developed indirectly through other things. And guess what the best other thing you can do to develop humility is? Well, since it's a yeah, message on serving, you got it right. It's serving. <laughs> the way that we develop true humility is by serving with the right heart. That's how we develop humility. In fact, uh, Matthew 6.1 says this. Jesus, this is his Sermon on the Mount. This is sort of discipleship 101, foundational stuff. When you do good deeds, Jesus says, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. Right? So if you serve, hoping somebody's going to notice, and they're going to praise you, and they're going to think how awesome you are, then that's all the reward you're going to get. Because serving isn't for the purpose of getting accolades. Now, now there, there are other, there's an other, other translation that says, when you do good deeds, don't let it be seen. Do it privately. But the truth is, you can't always do things that are sort of hidden behind a closet. I mean, Peggy Sue, you can't actually greet people as a ministry and do it while staying in a closet, right? So, it's known a lot of the service. I mean, the folks up here who lead worship for us every single Sunday, that's a service they do for us and the Lord. It's hard to hide that. But the point is, don't do it to show off. Don't do it to be glorified by others. Because that's not a true servant's heart, and that will never develop humility. And, and I should probably actually define even what humility is. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking, uh, I'm no good, I can't do anything, I'm, you know, I, I'm scum, everybody's better than me. That's not humility. That's neurotic. I, you know, um, that is unhealthy. It's unhealthy. To be humble is to have a true understanding of who you are. Your strengths and your weaknesses... And to realize that you're no better than anybody else. They may have different strengths, different weaknesses, but, but we're all in this together. That's humility. That I'm not better. I'm also not worse than anybody else. We're all in this together. And another part of humility is that I have confidence in who I am. You realize that confidence and humility actually go together? When I'm confident in who I am, my strengths, my weaknesses, how God's working in me, That allows me to relate to other people without needing anything from them, without needing their praise, without needing them to build me up, without needing to manipulate them, without me needing to, when stories are being told, I've got to tell a better one, right? I can actually listen to other people without me needing to, but you've got to listen to me. When I have a confidence in who I am, then I can actually serve people from just an open heart without needing anything back. That's humility. It's simply knowing more truly who I am before God and then trusting God that, you know, as I live my life the right way, as I serve other people like Jesus, that my true reward is going to come from Him, both in this life and in the next. That's what humility is. When 
I don't have to promote myself because I already know who I am. I can fully value and love other people. That's humility. And, and, and one of the great things about serving is nice to, to, to serve. You can serve secretly. That's, that's fine. But even if you're in front of other people, just not doing it for the purpose of it being seen. Now, now this is sometimes hard. I, I've fallen into this trap before of I do something good and it's like, oh, I wish somebody knew I did that. Anybody ever? No, David, don't raise your hand. You know, it's this natural thing. We, we want people to know the good things that we do. We want to be affirmed, and, and, and affirmation is a wonderful thing. And, and this is not to say don't affirm people or, or, or you're not going to help them be humble. We do need to affirm people. But as I serve, it needs to be not for the purpose of building my reputation or other people thinking better of me as if that's going to change my own self-assessment, right? Humility says I already know who I am. Which also means if somebody criticizes me, a person who is humble, when they're criticized, what do they do? They say, thank you. Let's see if I, I, there may be something there I can learn from. If I'm not humble and I'm trying to get higher and higher, then criticism destroys me. Because somehow that brings me down. But people who are humble and know who they are, criticism just, it, it doesn't affect them. At least not in a negative way. It can be seen, it can be accepted. It reduces stress, reduces fear, right? When we can, can think other people's thoughts are just as good as mine, it helps us make better decisions because we're willing to take in other opinions and, and think through how can that make me better. So working, serving, just for the sake of serving and not for anything that we're going to get from anybody else. And if we develop that habit of simply serving without thought of reward or getting back, that's when we become more like Jesus. In fact, on this whole idea of being repaid, often we want to be repaid by people thinking well of us, but sometimes we serve others and we want them to serve us back because we think that's fair. But guess what? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew or Mark 10? Whoever wants to be greatest and first must be the slave of everyone else. Does a slave expect the master to serve them back? No. Now, we don't like the word slave, and we shouldn't, but that's the word that Jesus uses. So if we think, if I serve, people need to serve me back, that is not the heart of a servant. So Jesus says this. In Matthew 6, 35, he says, But love your enemies and do good to them. Lend without expecting to get paid back. Then you will get a great reward. And you'll be true children of God in heaven. He's good even to people who are unthankful and cruel. Now that's sort of hard to take though, isn't it? I mean, as people, we, to serve people who are ungrateful, that just doesn't feel right, does it? We want to be thanked for our service. But guess what? Jesus served us even when we were completely ungrateful, when we were ignorant of his service. There was a story where he healed 10 lepers and only one came back and said, thank you. There are a lot of ungrateful people. In fact, if you're serving people correctly, 
often they won't even realize you're serving them because you're not trumpeting. I'm serving you now, right? Be grateful. Often we do it behind the scenes so people don't even realize it's us that's helping them. The greatest reward is serving when you aren't repaid by the people. You know, have you ever heard someone say or said yourself, well, I did this for you and you didn't do it for me, so I'm not doing it for you anymore. Every marriage ever. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, But guess what? That's not service at all. If I serve you expecting you're going to repay me, that's not service. That's quid pro quo. That's a, that's a bartering, that's exchange, that's, that's justice, right? If I demand you give me the same service that I gave you, that's just seeking justice. There's no mercy, there's no love, there's no grace in that. But, but God wants us to develop not hearts of justice and bartering, but hearts of service, of grace. And so he says, serve everyone, even the ungrateful and cruel. Love your enemy. Because that's what Jesus did. And that's the kind of heart he wants to develop in us. And the world will tell us that's crazy because we live in an upside down world that Jesus is trying to set right side up again. But can you imagine if you're married? Can you imagine if you and your spouse served each other without any need to be repaid that service? How would that change your marriage if you both were just serving each other without this sense of, you didn't do it for me. You've got to make it up to me. That's an awesome marriage, right? Or in friendships. Just in friendships, if you just do, each, do things for each other without the need to be repaid. What about at work? Are you serving people at work? Because wherever we are... Again, the habit of serving isn't just in one area of life. You know, in fact, it's not just at church. There, there are plenty of areas to serve here at church, and we want you to be involved in serving at church. But that's not the only place to serve. In the home, at work, are you serving the people that you work with? Are you serving your customers, whatever your customer looks like? And not just because you're paid to meet their, their business needs, but are you serving them as people? How about your neighbors? How are you doing at serving your neighbors? Do you bless them and serve them without expecting anything in return? This would be an amazing world if we began to really serve one another like Jesus served us and continues to serve us, wouldn't it? Marriages, families, friendships, work, neighborhoods, transformed. As we live the habit of serving and become more like Jesus. And again, not to people when they deserve it, but everybody equally. That's what Jesus did. In fact, this whole idea of, of who deserves my help, that is a trap. That's a trap of the world. That's a trap of Satan. Because did God say who deserves my help? 
If he did ask that question, what would the answer be? No one, actually. No one deserves God to to come to earth and die for them. He did it when none of us deserved it. He said, I love you anyway. So asking the question, who deserves my help? It seems like a reasonable thing from the world's perspective, from God's perspective. He says, no, because sometimes the people who you don't think deserve it, maybe they're the people who need it the most. They're the ones who need most to see God's grace in action. Grace. Isn't that a wonderful word? Grace. We talk about it all the time. God's grace. And you know what grace means? Unearned blessing. That's what grace is. So when God gives us grace, it means he's giving us an unearned blessing. And so we also pass that on to others. Which leads to our third point, which is the equality of serving. The equality of serving. So when we serve, we don't judge other people's value as are they good enough, bad enough, are they above me, below me, and if somebody's below me, I won't serve them, but if they're above me, that's who I'm, you know, we, we have all this hierarchy in our, our minds and in the world, but um, because partially in the world we have economic hierarchies of who, who's worth what, but economic hierarchy has zero correlation to God's valuing of people, absolutely none. So if I'm going to serve, I need to serve not based on some worldly sense of who's valuable enough, but God's understanding that everybody has value. And I am no better than anyone else in this world. No matter where they've come from, no matter what they're struggling with, I am no better than anyone. And so Jesus tells us, uh, actually he doesn't just tell us, he he. He gives an example to his disciples. The night before he was crucified for us, he had this, the last supper with his disciples. And, and, and during the meal, he got up, took off his outer garments and put on a towel and went around and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Which, by the way, washing someone's feet was considered one of the lowliest tasks you can do. And I was trying to think, what would that be? Because our culture doesn't have that many. But I thought, washing someone's toilet. Anybody want to volunteer and come to my house? No. In fact, we don't even want someone to do that for us, right? It's like, ah. So, but that's the the equivalent in terms of of the degree of service that Jesus was going. And so, it says, after washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again. And he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You ought to wash each other's feet. So what Jesus was saying is, I, the Messiah, the one who deserves to have other people washing my feet, no matter how degrading it might seem, I am actually worth it. I'm the king, but I'm serving you. So therefore, you never, ever have The excuse to say, that person is beneath me. That person doesn't deserve my help. Jesus has taken that away from us completely. Because the greatest one, the most loving person, the highest, the one who deserved the most honor and glory in this world, God incarnate in Jesus Christ, he gave up all that to love and to serve. And he says, 
I want you to do the same thing. I want you to do the same thing. In fact, that's what's going to make your life worth everything. That's what's going to bring you joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. You think it's going to be the accumulation of all these things and and the growing reputation and being honored by everybody else, but that's actually, that's a trap because you'll never have enough. You'll never get high enough to be satisfied. Service is the way to live a truly joyful and fulfilled life. You see the difference there? It's huge. And so if Jesus served us in any way and every way, so also there's no one anywhere from any background that is beyond my willingness to help and to bless. Am I better than anyone? No. Not at all. Last week we talked about worship. We talked about as we, as we actually see who God is, is, His glory, His love, His grace, His goodness... When we are truly seeing God for who he is and and worshiping him and loving him, it leads to serving. Remember that that verse where Isaiah the prophet, he saw God in all his holiness. And then he saw his own lack of holiness. He allowed God to cleanse him. And then in Isaiah 6, 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. True worship leads to service. God's saying, who is going to be my hands and feet and heart and eyes on the earth? Who's going to show people my love and my grace? And if we truly love God and know him for who he is, then our our, our natural response is, Lord, that's me. I want to do it. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to love people like you love people. Because that's what I was created for. That's where the best life comes from. We're all sent here. But the the great thing is we're not sent into this world to minister alone. We're a family. God has called us together as a family. And God has gifted every single person with all sorts of abilities and, and perspectives to use in service of others. And, and in fact, God says, really to serve most effectively, you need to do it with other people even. One person has one gift, another has another, and those actually complement each other. We are more effective doing it together. So in this, in this whole idea of serving, we do it together to bless those around us, to bless the world, to love it in Jesus' name. And it doesn't matter what gift you have. Again, the equality of serving is that we're all equal. I, being the the one who talks the most around here, guilty, I'm no better than the guy in the tech booth who never says a word, right? But but who is is doing the lights or the camera or or the the words or or mixing the sound Or, or the person who's working with kids and is down on their knees, you know, doing whatever, you know, gluing things. You know, there's no, this is better, this is more important, this is more more valuable. It's all the same value in God's sight. We're all equal. 
we like to make gradations, oh, they're, they're, they're above, they're below, but that's not God's way of looking at all. You and I are equal in every way in God's kingdom. That's the upside-down world that we live in. You know, when, when we do learn to serve, and we, when we learn to have a habit of serving, where we serve regularly and constantly, not just when we feel like it, um, but because we know it's good to do. In fact, I, many of you know I love to ride my bike, but I don't always love to ride my bike. There are times I'll get home, and I'm like tired. I don't want to do it. My wife once asked me, are you addicted to bike riding? It's like, no, I wish I was. Um, because sometimes I just have to get myself up off the couch, you know, get my cycling gear on and get out the door. And about 10 minutes later, I'm feeling awesome. But sometimes it's really hard to get out the door. Sometimes I, I, I'm like out the door, I'm excited. But that's the way the habit of serving is. Sometimes we're excited, sometimes we've got to like, okay, just get off the couch, get moving, right? Knowing that it's the very best thing for me to do. It's for my own good that I do it. You might have heard of a, a runner's high where people who, who, who run hard for a while, at the end they have this, this sort of kick in of, of chemicals that makes them, make them feel great. And I, I experience that often when I ride, sort of a, a, a rider's high. But there's also something called a servant high, a servant high. And, and I want you to experience the helper's high or the, servant, the servant's high. You see, they actually, they actually did a study, they've actually done multiple studies that show when people serve, when people either serve or give, it activates the same place in the brain where we feel the pleasure of eating and physical intimacy. Same pleasure part of the brain is activated by, by serving. So I expect everybody to be signing up madly right now. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, because that's the way God created us. God wired us that way. So that when we serve with the right heart, we get sort of this immediate feedback, not even from external people, but just internally. We get the sense this is right. We feel good about it. Not only that, but I, I love this little picture from Luke chapter 10. Jesus has, we normally think of Jesus having 12 disciples, but that was his sort of inner circle. Then he had 72 disciples that were a little more, more broad. And he, he took those 72 and he sent them out into Israel. And he said, go to each town and I want you to share the good news of the kingdom of God and the Messiah is coming. And so they come back and in Luke 10, 17, it says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. It's like they were totally pumped up. It's like, Lord, it worked. We went out and we served people and it was awesome. They had a helper's high, a servant's high. Because really, when you reach out to serve someone, you see it make a difference in their life, it makes a difference in yours. I cannot think of a better feeling, literally, than thinking back to the times when I've done something and it truly made a difference in a person's life. There is no better feeling. That's, that's the helper's high of just giving of ourselves and making a difference in the world around us. You know, Jesus affirmed them and said, that's awesome, but just, just calm down a little bit. 
Because the greatest thing I want you to be thankful for is that you're a part of the family of God. That your name is written in the book of life. The most important thing is that you have a relationship with God. And, and, and when you do, all sorts of great things are going to happen as you serve in His name. So at Helpers High, that's real. Go for it. But, but don't become an addict of that. Just continue to serve it, and that will naturally come. Because when we serve, it brings a sense of fulfillment and belonging and a sense of, of rest and peace. That we're home, we're with family when we serve. In fact, I want you to see one more video. Uh, this, is a, 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 this is Nick. He is one of our production uh, directors on Sunday morning. So it, when things go right here, um, thank Nick. When things go wrong, it's my fault. So there you are. So here's Nick. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nick. I volunteer in the tech booth. This isn't the first time that I've actually volunteered at Crossroads. I uh, initially started out in the parking area um, and after doing that for about I would say three years um, I wanted to try something different and I ended up deciding to uh, try uh, the tech booth although I wasn't sure how I was gonna like it. Um, a lot of people seem to think the same way that I do is you know it's very techy and I'm not very techy so I figured I'd at least uh, come and give it a try. The first day that I came up here, uh, I loved it. I felt God kind of uh, tugging at me, saying that, you know, you found your place. Um, since then, it's uh, been many years, and I'm still here. I'm loving every bit of it. And th the part that I enjoy the most is the fact that I get to interact with so many different people. When I first started coming to Crossroads, I wasn't necessarily uh, pulled to volunteer um, I kind of needed a, a nudge, uh, per se, and it was actually my wife that kind of uh, gave me that little push to get in there and, uh, you know, step out of my comfort zone and uh, just try something different. You know, w once I actually started volunteering, I started feeling something different than just what I was thinking, you know, church was. It was uh, just, I guess, God pulling at my heart and telling me that, you know, I, I, I was home. Since then, I just, I love coming to a crossroads and I love interacting with so many different people and being a part of this team that uh, I feel privileged to be a part of. Hi, everyone. Amen. <sighs> Serving is a blessing others and to ourselves and, and as you said there are so many different places and ways that you can serve in your home among your friends at work among your neighbors if you're part of clubs or organizations there are just so many ways that you can serve other people and develop not just an occasional serving other people when it's convenient but the habit of serving because it's that habit of serving from the right heart that God uses to, to change us and to make us into the people that we want to be, that we were created to be. And, uh, of course, another place to serve is at the church. And it's, and it's something we encourage everybody to do. It's a part of what makes this family work is when we all chip in. And uh, we have some super volunteers like Nick who 
uh, like before the night of worship, I don't know how many hours he spent putting it, programming everything to work, um, right? So, um, but you don't have to put in 20 hours a week. But to have a habit of serving within this family is a blessing to everyone. And, uh, and to help you sort of get at that, some of you are already serving in, in, in one or more ways. If you're not yet serving, we want to encourage you to find the blessing and the joy and the fulfillment of serving. And, and how to do that, I'm going to have somebody else explain. So, so this next short video is Josh Hansen, our director of, of operations, who is going to just give us a quick little, how can you get involved? So here's Josh. Good morning, Crossroads. My name is Josh, and I want to take a moment to talk about how you can get involved here at Crossroads. There are many ministries to serve on Sunday mornings. We also have many ministries that gather throughout the week and special events that have opportunities to serve as well. Overall, we count on our volunteers each week to make ministry happen. Our ministry teams consist of first impressions teams like our parking lot team, greeters, ushers, even our worship arts team consisting of our back of the house production, and of course, the front of the house platforms that you see every Sunday morning. We also have other teams like our online streaming, our safety team, food pantry, and many, many kid zone opportunities. This is just a start to all of our ministries that you could serve in here at Crossroads. So you may be asking, how can you get signed up? Well, there are a few different ways. Today in your bulletin, you received a brochure with all of the serving opportunities here at Crossroads. You also received an insert where you could list all of the ministries you would like to volunteer in or learn more about. Just fill out that insert and drop it in one of the boxes after service and we'll reach out and get you connected. A couple other ways that any time throughout the year, you could check volunteer opportunities on your Connect card and make sure to drop those in the box after service. Or we also have our Get Involved tab on our website where you could sign up at any point in time. Now, you may find yourself unsure on where you want to serve, which is why we have our volunteer. This is where you get a behind the scenes look on a Sunday morning of a number of our serving opportunities that we have. You can write volunteer on your insert or connect card if interested, and we'll reach out and schedule that tour. As mentioned earlier, we do have events on Sundays, but we also have so many events during the week that we need people to come serve. These events are like Friends Day, Christmas decorating, and of course, our annual serve day itself. Lastly, I want to give a quick shout out and a huge thank you to all of our wonderful volunteers in our many, many ministries. We truly couldn't do Sunday without you. That to say, there's still so many more opportunities we'd like to get you into if you aren't already serving. So get signed up today. All right. You know, one of the great things about serving at Crossroads is that when you serve at Crossroads, anywhere at Crossroads, it goes to support our reaching out into the community. And you've heard it before, but almost every single week here at Crossroads, somebody gives their life to Christ, which changes their life for eternity. Amen. There are very few volunteer opportunities that have that big of an impact. And so I just encourage you, you know, wherever it is God may be leading you to think about serving, um, just take that step. If you're not sure, sign up for a volunteer. But be a part of what God is doing here at Crossroads, 
and also in every other part of your life. Remember, we were, we're called not to just serve every now and then. We're called to be servants like Jesus Christ. And in that way, find our greatest joy and peace and fulfillment and blessing. Amen? Amen. Well, as we close, if, if you've been hearing about how God made us and how God serves us and loves us and pours out his grace upon us, if you've never received that love and that grace of God, if you've never understood who you are before him and had that confidence, I encourage you today to just take the step of asking God into your life, accepting his grace, his unearned blessing through Jesus Christ who, who died on the cross for us. God died on the cross for us to forgive us of all of our sins and to give us a clean slate every single day so we can live the life that we were meant for. If you would like to, to give your life to him and become a servant of God and a blessing to others, then please just pray this prayer with me right now. God in heaven, Father in heaven, I want and need your grace. I've tried to live the way the world says. I've tried to get things for myself and climb the ladder, but, but that hasn't brought the peace and the joy and the fulfillment that I thought it would. And I want to know true fulfillment and true satisfaction. But I want to live for what I was created for. So I just pray right now, Lord, that you would come into my life. Lord, I give my life to you. I give my future to you. I give my, my pride to you. I let go of control, Lord, and ask you to come in and help me to be who I was meant to be. I pray this through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for me to give me this new life. Amen.